This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join Trader Nick in the USA and Oanda Senior Market Analyst Ed Moyer, also in the States in New York. Good afternoon, guys. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Let's start with what we're seeing in the bond market at the moment, Ed, and uh, quite a bit of volatility, isn't there? Very much so. I think we started off the trading week with um, a bunch of dovish Fed speak. Uh, We then had some hot PPI followed by CPI reports. And and then it seemed uh, Wall Street became fixated over geopolitical concerns with the uh, war in Israel. And right now we've seen elevated bond market volatility where we've seen widening of the two and 10 year spread. We've seen a diverging stance on Fed policy by Fed speakers. So we're getting more dissent. Some of the hawks are becoming slightly less hawkish. I think what we're starting to realize is that, you know, this is a difficult macro environment that we're probably going to see continued economic resilience is is going to continue to force this higher for longer narrative. It seems that there's so many risks that could break the global economy, which would drive down the US. You know, investors are very concerned with, uh, you know, where we're going to see the next major move in bonds. And, And I think a lot of times the market's very reactive. You know, good data means possibly more rate hikes, but but now the market, and I think what became clear is these last couple of treasury auctions where we're starting to see demand is not as robust as it used to. We're starting to see uh, lower bid to covers with tepid demand. I think we, we no longer have the Fed buy. China has been I think what a lot of people are focused on are China and Japanese investors. Their exposure is significantly less with treasuries. And and uh, with all the supply that is going to be uh, coming out, uh, there's there's concerns that, you know, we might not necessarily see strong demand and that could, you know, send yields significantly higher. So budget deficit concerns are going to be a big issue. And the only way you know, we're going to really tackle the budget as if we have a working government. And the House Republicans were unable to elect a speaker, um, which really puts further strain on negotiations for avoiding a government shutdown in November. So there's so many drivers right now. So it seems that bond market volatility is, is going to remain elevated. You have the potential risks of global energy crisis that could really drag down global growth. And, you know, we're not really seeing a market that is confident in, you know, how the U.S. economy is going to hold up over the next year or so. So so I think right now, a lot of people are just, they're, they're buckling up and uh, they're riding a lot of the short-term noise. Um, but right now, it, it seems that it is very difficult to have a strong call on where the long end of the curve is going to go. Um, it, it, it seems that you know we're, we're probably going to, to see a, a very difficult time here for the growth outlook for the U.S. Because right now, I think uh, there's there's been some clear signs that we're starting to feel the impact of the Fed's tightening cycle. But right now, you know, the data for the most part. It's been still pretty, pretty solid. Um, I think um, if you take a look at any of the recent labor market reports, um, you know where we're clearly not uh, seeing uh, significant weakness there, and uh, that's that's going to, I think, fuel the concerns that you know higher for longer is going to remain here for a while. 
Yeah, just to follow you there, in terms of yields this week, that's definitely been, uh, at least from from my end, what I've seen just constantly on, you know, everywhere, every every market uh, station, you know, podcast, everybody seems to be so fixated on uh, the yield stuff. And it is, uh, it, you know, if you look at markets, generally speaking, people are way usually more interested in the hottest stock picks and, um, you know, keeping an eye on the NASDAQ and all this, but yields have really taken front and center this week. And I think that, like you mentioned, there's several drivers there all kind of at the same time. Geopolitically, there are forces involved. And I think one thing that stuck out to me with what you just said and for, for listeners to think about is that when it comes to bonds, it really is an auction. So sometimes the yield concept, uh, you know, one way, to, the, the way you mentioned it, the, the auctions that go on in order for these bonds to sell, it is an auction. And if there's not buyers stepping up, that is usually what is going to drive yields higher, right? It's it's simply, you know, all of these things considered. Uh, I know we've, we've taken a step back from talking about um, all of the, uh, you know, legislative branch kind of debacles and, and the step downs and the, the re-election process and all that that's kind of uh, been put on hold here. That's another thing that's got to be on the back of the, uh, you know, on the back burner for people when they're thinking about bonds. How much risk do you want to take when, you know, we very well, we are on a timer where we need to, of course, uh, get the budget situation sorted out and uh, we postpone that by a little bit. So there are several risks that stack up at the same time for uh, bond investors. And it's it's been one of the more obvious trends in the market right now is just uh, bond weakness. And watching as we continue to see, uh, like you mentioned, a relatively strong economy. You had strong jobs numbers this week in terms of uh, kind of a recap on inflation. We had a hot PPI number. Uh, CPI headline was hotter than expected, while core was in line. Um, definitely not any sort of obvious winning trends here in terms of uh, expectations versus what we got in terms of the inflation camp. So there's a lot of things all at once. I think one of the more interesting markets uh, to, to quickly talk about is uh, all the stuff that we have in the financial sector right now. I know we had some earnings that came out. I know we had JP Morgan, which uh, as I'm looking at it at the time of recording, uh, it's given back some of its gains with some of the stock market sell-off, but still up 3.3% on the day. Uh, you have Wells Fargo, you have Citi, many of the banks are making strides here today. And looking at those profits for JP Morgan, who you mentioned, they jumped 35% in the third quarter to $13.2 billion. Enormous uh, profits there. But having said that, they're CEO, Jamie Dimon, has given a dire warning about the current global situation along with these results and said with everything that's going on in Ukraine and, of course, the Middle East over the last few days, he said that the bank is preparing for a quote-unquote broad range of outcomes. So the future doesn't look quite as bright as the immediate past. I think one thing I'll, I'll say before you know, we go to Ed with, he's got a little bit more on the earnings side that he can dive into. One thing I just want to say about JP Morgan is that uh, when we had all this stuff going on with, you know, SPB and and concerns around the banking sector, there was a little bit of a, a driver there where JP Morgan, of course, one of the, the giants in the banking world, uh, may have had a little bit of a uh, kind of a, a gain off of the back of many of the regional banks being called into question and some concerns there. JP Morgan um, now, so as you mentioned that, 
you know, if somebody does want to be in the banks, there's that argument where if there is just so much uncertainty in the world, uh, if you're going to pick a bank, maybe the bank is going to be JP Morgan over some of the smaller, more um, more volatile ones that are out there. This That's kind of been a theme this year with banks. They've not been super great uh, by any means. And JP Morgan has still somehow eked out a pretty positive year, all things considered. So uh, I don't know, JP Morgan, like I said, it's it's a leader for, for a reason. Uh, it's a big one. And it, it profited in some ways, probably from smaller banks and the skepticism that happened earlier this year. Uh, but now perhaps a similar theme could be made if you were bullish on banks, you know, why go with one of the smaller, more weak ones? There's maybe JP Morgan, which has a little bit uh, more of, of an edge in, in uptimes and, or, or in possible downtimes that could come. Ed, what do you think of all the earnings stuff that we've gotten so far uh, today? I think when we first, you know, kind of previewed the bank earnings, um, for me, um, I was so focused on what the banks were going to say about the consumer. And uh, while the risks, I feel like they grow by the day um, for the global outlook, Diamond was, you know, fairly upbeat. He, you know, he said that um, currently the U.S. consumer and business generally remain healthy um, and that consumers are spending down their excess cash buffer. He didn't say that it's exhausted. Um, I think when you take a look, what is the key for the economy? It's the consumer. It's liquidity. And liquidity is still very high. Um, they they have about 1.4 trillion of cash and <laughs> marketable securities. Um, so you're 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 seeing, you know, just really strong signs for the economy. And it wasn't just J.P. Morgan, uh, Citigroup, Wells. They 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 also posted strong results. I mean, I feel like every quarter we're talking about some type of record done by J.P. Morgan. This time, record interest income. Um, they're you know recon. Re- reaping rewards from their first republic purchase i think there's there's a lot of optimism here that while you know the there's there's uh concerns that yes loan growth um is probably gonna slow the commercial real estate market is extremely um i think a big concern for for financials um you know (laughs) if rates stay at these levels um you know, next year, uh, refinancing is going to be a nightmare. Um, I think right now you're, you're seeing a lot of uh, investors are willing to take less yield on long-term maturities because we're still in a robust expansion. I think there's still people that are concerned that you know the you know we're not going to see the yield curve re-steepen, and that is we're going to need to attract buyers in in, a, in, a, in this expansion or. We're going to have to go into a recession. So, you know, something is going to break. But right now, you know, the banks, they're in, a, in an environment where they're doing okay with this bond market volatility. That could quickly change. But I think JP Morgan saying the economy is still surprisingly strong. And I think that is why we're, we're seeing a lot of, you know, upside here for the financials because the bar was set low. I was rather pessimistic and anticipating that. They were not going to be this upbeat. And when you take a look at credit card delinquencies, loan balances, uh, you know, average loans up 27% year to date, 9% on the quarter. Uh, Net charge off rates was 2.49%. You know, overall, you know, deposits were only down 3%. That's not terrible. Um, This is, uh, this is uh, signs of a, a still of a healthy economy. And I think that's, 
that's, you know, going to be a, a big driver in um, what the Fed has to do. Um, and when you take a look at what else is impacting the Fed, uh, it's all, you know, for the Fed, they're, they're really concerned about inflation expectations. And today we had the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Report, which really, I think we should just call it the inflation expectation <laughs> uh, update. Um, and, and that saw a rather uh, sharp rise with inflation expectations. And that um, is not what the Fed wants. I think we saw both short and long-term uh, inflation runs really, uh, they, they shot up higher. And uh, that is, is, is really, I mean, that's, we were seeing bond yields drop significantly uh, because of the wider war and Middle East concerns. Now, uh, after that report, we did see, you know, yields kind of uh, uh, get a little bit of a, a move higher. But I, I think overall, um, the, the U.S. economy is, 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 is really, uh, it's, it seems disconnected from uh, much of the from the rest of the world, but I think that policy is still leaning towards uh, trying to talk up the the risk of another rate hike, and I did not anticipate that. I thought we were really in the clear here, and it seems that uh, we're close to a coin flip for uh, one more rate hike, and then that um, really tells you how resilient this economy is. Guys, it's been um, a week of fluctuating oil price movements of course we had a hike after the tragic events at the weekend in israel but that pegged back but now today brent and wti up again what is behind that recent fluctuation so of course the first thing to say on this subject the uh, the market has been very much paying close attention to uh, geopolitical events over in the Middle East. And to any listeners, uh, you know, it probably should just be said that, of course, markets are heavily impacted by uh, unfortunate and, and very serious times like this. Geopolitically, it's uh, it's terrible. War is awful. And, and, you know, it's kind of our job here on the podcast to relate that and how it can be severely market moving. So again, we, we're hoping for the best there and, and hope for improvements and, and peace is always you know preferred and we hope to see that kind of uh, go forward in terms of just how it impacts markets it's a it's a tough kind of situation for oil right now because naturally oil and gold shot up uh, to put it simply a lot of fear in that situation there was uh, a statement I, I believe there was some um, announcements of uh, an Israeli uh, invasion uh, and, and warnings of that coming, uh, of course, set the market into just a, a, a moment of fear where you have this very, very serious and, and um, scary situation. And of course, with that, that is escalating things and escalating things in terms of geopolitically and, and how it impacts markets is uh, it means sanctions, it means supply line issues, it means all sorts of um, kind of stalling in the in the oil supply world. Now, this is also coming. Uh, I know I saw a chart here earlier where oil production is back to uh, back to the highs. So that is kind of one area that possibly pushes back. But again, I think what's driving it clearly today is the the fear uh, of what's going on in in Israel, and and I think. To make a call on where it's going next, uh, it's not as cut and dry as, as perhaps it sometimes is where it's just very much back to the fundamentals. There's a lot of question marks here where 
we don't know what the next uh, movement is. Is there going to be peace stocks, which could drive all of these things back to where they came? I'm, I'm referring to, of course, gold and oil. Uh, is there going to be some sort of negotiations? Any escalation of fear is likely to drive it higher. Any de-escalation is likely to cool things down. And um, I think in terms of the oil market as a whole, you've got lots of things, just as we've talked about with with bond yields, there's lots of things at play. As Edward just got done pointing out, you know, the economy, uh, Jamie Dimon, you know, we've seen many uh, indications that the U.S. economy has been much more resilient than what most people thought. I mean, uh, is there a possibility of recession next year? Sure there is, but people were saying all this year that recession was coming. So it's very difficult to try and time. And right now what's in front of us is strong U.S. economy, you know, the labor market very strong. So there is that driver, that demand for oil. And at the same time, you have a short term kind of in the now geopolitical driver in the form of Israel. So I think right now, a lot of things point towards, um, you know, higher oil prices. And uh, until something changes in that situation, that's kind of what's on the table in front of us. Ed, did I miss anything? What do you, anything to add on that? This is a difficult market move to assess because, you know, typically the, the playbook is when you have a geopolitical risk, you have a market reaction. And unless you see, um, so let's talk on oil first, unless we really see a, a disruption, um, or let's say fresh sanctions, um, that will really impact, uh, supply and demand flows. Um, you're, you're not going to see that move continue. Uh, this time it's different. I think there's a, a belief that, um, this is early stage that, um, sadly, um, this is probably going to continue to escalate. And if that's the case, you know, the, the, the various scenarios, um, are really going to threaten global supplies. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a, a big move here, um, for, for oil and gold. But I think overall, um, you know, you have to take a look at what, you know, as far as sanctions go, I mean, to me, that's not really going to have that much of an impact because the sanctions would have to be followed through by China. China is the the big buyer for Iranian crude and also Russia. And, and you're not going to see the Chinese um, really, you know, follow through on any requests by the West. So, so I think, you, you, you know, when you take a look at, you know, some of the concerns with, you know, how a large part of the global economy is going to be impacted by uh, this war, um, that's clear. That's clearly being a safe haven flow into gold. And, um, you know, the, you know, you know, if, if we, if we see some uh, slow, slower escalations, I think this is going to remain the primary driver for markets. So I think uh, traders are still trying to, uh, best educate themselves on, on, you know, what, how the market is positioned and how, um, it will react in, in the coming weeks. But this, this is, a, I think this is really going to drive down global growth concerns, um, in that part of the world. And I think you're going to see a, a fair, uh, amount of skepticism that we'll, we'll, we'll see in a quick resolution anytime soon. Thank you very much for joining us today. Try and have a good weekend and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Johnny. You too, Johnny. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.